Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 12, Radar Love. Mary, what happened this week? Surprise, surprise. Brenda gets yelled at by Jim and Cindy for not knowing where Brandon is. (laughs) Cindy wants to call the cops. Jim says Brandon will call tonight and will definitely be home for Thanksgiving. Jim and Brenda are worried, but Cindy isn't allowed to know how they feel for some reason. Brandon drives with the top down to a catchy tune. He's out of gas, though. Oops. I don't hate denim jacket, tiny sunglasses, pumping gas Brandon. You know who else does it? Emily Valentine. Except it isn't her. The doppelganger clearly doesn't mind Brandon running after her car to try and stop her. She does a weird lip bite thing. Brandon pulls up his stang to a campsite. His camp neighbor, Curtis, introduces him to his entire family and gives him a cheeseburger. Brandon is defo going to find Emily. Brandon and Curtis stay up late and discuss Brandon's impulsive plan to find the girl he still thinks is crazy, but is also maybe still in love with. She is not crazy, Brandon. She has a personality disorder. Andrea and Dan play chess. Dan asks asks Andrea to come to his house for Thanksgiving. Andrea is nervous about meeting his family, but there's more to it than that. She doesn't want to go to Thanksgiving with Dan because she kind of wants to break up with him. She goes anyway, and who should be there but Jesse Vasquez, that bartender from Jim and Cindy's anniversary. He's bartending there now. Jesse compliments Andrea's Spanish and also her eyes. He wouldn't mind seeing her eyes again, and Andrea wouldn't mind seeing him with her eyes either. She tells him where she goes to college. Brandon, after finding the Valent- finding out the Valentines moved to Greece, he goes to San Francisco, which I guess makes sense. I don't know California geography. Brandon hops on a trolley and just happens to sit directly next to the exact person he wanted to find. What a coincidence. They share a hug. Dylan comes to the Walsh house instead of Jim's office to pick up a check. Brenda lets him in and tells him she got cast in a play, put on by Pablo, a guy from their poetry class. Brenda gives Dylan half a lasagna and invites him to Cindy's Thanksgiving. Dylan says he'll go. Cindy says, er, sorry. Cindy is still super short with Brenda over Brandon's absence. But when Brandon calls Cindy, she's sunshine mom again, especially when he assures her he will be home for Thanksgiving. Except he won't. (laughs) Kelly thinks John is gross now. Donna promises to protect Kelly at the Thanksgiving party before she flies out to Houston to visit her parents. Kelly wishes Donna weren't going because Thanksgiving with her mom and Aaron is going to be weird and probably not that great because Jackie can't cook. Donna tells her that she should invite Dylan. Dylan says he's going to Baja, but if he was a Thanksgiving kind of guy, he'd be that kind of guy with her. Except that's a lie because he's defo a Walsh Thanksgiving person and Brenda invited him. And he was like, yeah, okay. Kelly gets mad when Dylan shows up for Thanksgiving. They have to excuse themselves during dinner to fight loudly where everyone else at the table can still hear them. Mike is Keg House's new president because he just is. He and Leslie explain the Keg and Alpha tradition of doing a Thanksgiving visit to the Downey House, a home for girls who need help with a variety of things. 
Steve makes comments about his keg brothers being gross, and they start treating him like a pledge. John won't leave Kelly alone, but he also instantly starts flirting with a girl who's assigned to show him where stuff goes. He asks her a lot of inappropriate questions, using actual pedophile grooming words. He's disgusting. John sneaks away from the party with a 15-year-old. Kelly and Donna notice and send Steve to handle that situation. Emily takes Brandon to her really cool apartment. They're so happy to see each other and kiss a whole bunch. Emily's neighbor, Rosie, comes over and asks if Brandon is staying for Thanksgiving. He's like, yeah, duh, let me call my mom. Brandon tells Cindy that he's not coming home for Thanksgiving. Cindy isn't actually that surprised. She's known about the photo of Emily in his panty drawer this entire time. Emily burns the Thanksgiving turkey. Brandon's like, haha, remember when you almost did that to my parents' house? Because making jokes about a really hard time in someone's life is the way back into their heart. It works, though, because it's Brandon. But Emily is apparently going somewhere very soon and hasn't told him. Rosie tells Emily to tell the truth, and Emily's like, yeah, sure, tomorrow. <laughs> Real quick, while you were saying that, I googled the distance from Marin to San Francisco, and it's an hour. Hmm. It is south, though, so you might have like legitimately driven all the way up to Marin found out she wasn't there, and been like, well, I guess I'm going to go home, but I'm going to stop in San Francisco for whatever San Francisco's popular for. All I can think of is rice. The Pills. cable car. <laughs> the Full House house. <laughs> Had Full House happened yet? Was he just like, I really want to go meet Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen? Oh, yeah. It was, it was like thriving at this point. And the hippie scene, if you're in the 70s and 60s. Oh, but Brandon doesn't like hippies. No. Right. But no, I, I legitimately get the feeling he just like stopped in San Francisco because, yeah, he wanted to ride a cable car and then was just like, yeah, this was totally on purpose. Not that I was on the way home to L.A. <laughs> that I meant to come bit, meet you. That whole bit reminded me of that episode in The Office where Holly just accidentally finds Michael when he's lost. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. I when love that episode. Is that when he's sitting on the train car? Oh no, that was with Jan, but um he oh, like right, climbs right. up onto a roof to see if he can see Dunder Mifflin from up high. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Because they keep asking her, like, what would he do next? And she's like, I don't know. Ooh, donuts. And they're like, <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh, good good job, Brandon. Oh, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we predicted it last episode where we're like, yeah, Brenda's definitely going to get like in trouble or at least a talking to about Brandon being gone. And she's just like, y'all, I'm telling you exactly what he told me. I can't tell you anything else. My favorite part is like literally no one believes her in this entire episode. Even Dylan's just like, okay, where did he go? And she's like, I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> yeah. At which point, I realized that, like, when Brenda disappears, she, like, goes to Brandon. She tells him exactly where she's going to be. She, like, leaves an address, basically. And then Brandon's just like, I don't know. I'm going. I'll be back at some point. Bye. And then she gets yelled at for his behavior. Oh, yeah. And then she gets yelled at for her behavior. Oh, yeah. He's just like, trust me. Everybody trust me. I'm fine. And everyone's <laughs> like, mm, that's good logic. <laughs> I know. I just oh my god and Cindy being like we need to call the police 
Yeah. Like, okay. Cindy is definitely the kind of parent that, like, if this show took place now and, you know, you can, like, share your Google Maps location and everything, her kid would be a fully grown adult and she would just be like, okay, but we should share our locations in case you ever need me. Definitely. And then, yeah, just randomly be like, hey, why are you at the grocery store? I thought I sent you to the mall. (laughs) Yeah. My aunt does that with her kids, like even her adult children. She still has them on their family app so she can just know if they go somewhere and don't tell her. Man. Yeah. No, I know people that like still have that kind of stuff with their parents and they're our age. So like one of my friends was just like, I can't go stay at my boyfriend's house overnight because my mom will know. Like you're you're 28. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to deal with that. <laughs> I think my mom would be the kind of mom that's like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> no, my dad, when he first heard about them, he like sent me a text and he's like, this is really cool. We should do this. And I was like, no. He's like, oh, I guess you are old. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't actually care. (laughs) Oh, well. Gosh, thank God I didn't grow up back then. Or grow up now, but I did grow up back then. I don't know. Anyway. We all knew what you were talking about. Yeah, we all knew exactly what you were talking about. We're like, yep. mm -hmm." (laughs) Anyway, Jim and Cindy are mad at Brenda for not finding out exactly where Brandon was going to be. Right. And then, like, Cindy leaves the room and – and Jim and Brenda are like, well, what do we really think about this? Like, blah, blah, blah. This is so not like him. La, la, la. But, like, it still doesn't matter because Brandon's going to do what Brandon wants to do. And they're just going to wait for him to come home. I think that was the thing that got me is, yeah, Cindy's like, this just isn't like Brandon. And I was like, I mean. It's not not like him. Yeah, like, Which part I specifically is not like Brandon? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like the doing whatever he wants to do and then Brenda gets in trouble. That's like Brandon. Yeah. I don't know. But whatever it is, it doesn't really matter because then we get like a crazy stupid long intro montage of just Brandon driving with the top down and going to get gas. I, Which also, how did Brandon not fill up at like a quarter of a tank? Like – I feel like especially since I know they didn't have like Google Maps and if you're like, oh, I'm getting low, I have to find a gas station nearby that I can pull over at. Like, I don't think I would ever let my gas tank go below half. Yeah. Not in the 90s. Right. Right. Well, but at the same time, as we learned, I think it was season one, if you can just find a gas station person to fill up a little gas can, like there's friendly people all over the place. (laughs) Only if you're Brenda. Fair. Well, uh, but to be fair, Brandon does stop at this gas station, and yeah, we get like his little sunglasses and everything. And then there's just a blonde, and yeah, he's got Emily on the brain, so he's like, "Well, that's got to be Emily. It's a blonde woman." Mm-hmm. And yeah, this woman just like stops on her way out of the gas station. Is just like, "Here, I thought I was about to get lucky. If this happened to me in a gas station, I would just be like, are you going to murder me? I'd run.'" I'd drive. Yeah, I wouldn't I'd, have stopped. I'd call the police. Yeah. Right? I would not bite my lip for 10 minutes while batting my eyelashes. Certainly I wouldn't have flirted. Bra- like, that's some random. And like, I just can't get over it. I was like, she's in a convertible. He can just, like, get in the car with her. Right. 
Yeah. Like creepy. I think this goes back. I'm sure I've said this before. Of like, I always lock my doors the second I'm in the car because I'm just yeah. like, people could get in my car. I mean, I'm not letting I think, Brandon in. Oh no, certainly not. I think one of the smartest things that like car manufacturers ever did was that thing of when you put your car from park to reverse, it automatically locks your doors. Like, and then the same thing I think it does when you put it in park, it unlocks your doors. Yeah, or mine doesn't do it when I go in reverse, but if I drive more than five miles an hour, it locks automatically. Yeah, Nate's car does it that way. Yep. Oh. Mine's like, like as I need soon to go as look. the gear shift, mine does one or the other. Yeah. I don't know what my, mine does. In my fit, <clears throat> it like it does that too, but when you park, it keeps them locked until you use the handle. It'll automatically oh. unlock your door only. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was like a smart safety thing because it's like, yeah, you want to be able to lock your car quickly or whatever. But yeah, God, I just cannot imagine seeing a person, a random man that I've never seen before, just sprinting to my car telling me to stop. Like, I'd be like, no, that's going to make me push the gas harder. Like, yeah, the only thing I could think of would be like, if I, if there were still people around I would stop to be like, is something wrong? Did I forget to close my gas cap or something? And then as soon as he was just like, I thought you were somebody else or whatever he says, I'd be like, well, I'm not by. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess do talk about Brandon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the next thing we see is just more of Brandon driving. And then he pulls into the campsite and he like must have gotten the last, uh, you know, actual campsite and I kind of really wish we had seen him like set up a little pup tent yeah yeah because he like has a little sleeping bag but we don't see anything else yeah I mean I totally picture Brandon being the kind of guy that like knows how to set it up because he definitely did Boy Scouts at some point in his life but instead chooses to just like set up the uh sleeping bag in the back seat of the car right and just sleep under the stars in the stang which, speaking of, he drives with the top down the entire time he's doing this road trip. San Francisco's cold, no? It, and it's in November. Yeah. So I'm like, who are you trying to impress, bro? <laughs> this is a very good point. Have we even seen the top up? Can the top go up? I was about to ask the same thing, but I was thinking about there had to have been a time when it rained and we saw the car. Or, like, does he get priority to put his car in the garage over Cindy and Jim's car? Probably. Ugh. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Probably. I want to imagine that Brandon just, like, took the top off of his car and, like, laid it on the ground and that was his tent. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of those tents where it just, like, it connects to the ground and goes up. So all you can really do is lay down in it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I would totally... I would pay money to see Brandon, like, actually set up the campsite. Like, really, I think this should have been two separate episodes. And I think the Brandon story should have just been an episode on its own. And then we could have had all this extra time. Because they spend a lot of unnecessary time on him anyway. Because this is where he meets Curtis. Right, Curtis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Curtis. He just invites him to supper and is overly eager and... I also love his children being like, Dad, you don't know this man. <laughs> yeah. 
the the daughter is clearly mortified. She's like, "What the f- are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> but also, this just like it filled me with feelings because I was like, "I want to go camping and meet my camp neighbors and just like sit and eat burgers." <laughs> Well, as Curtis or Brandon, I don't remember, says later on in the episode, cheeseburgers just taste better in the open air or something like that. Outside? I don't know. I I don't remember. I didn't actually, like, write down much of what they were saying because at some point Curtis is like, yeah, we're camping for Thanksgiving. Do you want to have dinner with us? And I was like, where are you going to cook a turkey? On the charcoal grill, obviously. (laughs) Obviously, it'll only take 12 hours. (laughs) It'll be ready in three days. We'll eat it on the drive home. Yep. They'll wrap it in aluminum foil and put it in the fire pit and build the fire on top of it. (laughs) And then when the fire goes out, it's ready. (laughs) That's the equivalent of the little stick thing (laughs) popping out. (laughs) It was just weird because, well, I think like you – let me put my thoughts together. Like you were saying about how it should have just been like two separate episodes where it was fully about Brandon – these scenes because they felt so weird like either too long they seemed like filler scenes or whatever it's like we didn't really get to have a connection to anything and so like when like it's very clear as soon as Brandon meets Curtis he's going to like talk to him about Emily like it's very clear he's gonna um what's the word I'm looking for confide in Curtis and try to figure out what to do. It's obvious. He's going to be his little, like, moral guide or whatever. But it just kind of falls flat because we don't – we get, like, two short scenes with Curtis and his family, and they try really hard to make it like, oh, this guy's, like, a really good guy. He's a family man, like, blah, blah, blah. But it just kind of falls flat because we don't actually get enough time. Whereas if we had a full episode dedicated to Brandon's journey to Emily Valentine, we probably would have seen it. Yeah, and – Like, especially these scenes with Curtis and his family get kind of weird because this is the part that Mary mentioned in her synopsis where Brandon says, and I quote, she got real crazy with drugs and then she got real crazy, ended up in a hospital. And I feel like at that point, Curtis should have just been like, I think we need to talk about your relationship with this person and that maybe you're from a point in her life that she doesn't need to be reliving and that this was not a healthy relationship and like, maybe don't just go surprise her. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he calls her crazy twice in one sentence tells you all you need to know. Like, like I think that was perfectly said. It's like, she, the way that he's talking about her doesn't sound like love and doesn't sound like this person who is just desperately trying to connect with this girl again. It sounds like he should be going far, far away from the situation. And, like, yeah, this is what he has to say about her. It's not even, like, good things that happened. Mm-hmm. All he can remember is that she got real crazy. And then later when he says things like, fire, 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 fire. Yeah. She should have kicked him out of the house. I'm sorry. She totally should have. Which, good segue, because then we get our second montage where Brandon drives across the Golden Gate Bridge. um, And I was like, they really didn't have a lot for this episode if we got two long montages of just Brandon driving. Um, But then he shows up to Emily's parents' house. And they don't live there anymore. They moved to Athens. And I wanted so badly it to be Athens, Georgia. Like, so bad. <laughs> like, I knew it was going to be Greece. But when yeah. he was like, that's right across the bay. And she was like, yeah. And then another 2,000 miles to Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's all I wanted. 
Same. But no, it's Greece, and this person is just renting the place for now. So um, unclear if Emily's parents are coming back. But of course, because this person just rents there, she knows nothing of Emily or the parents or anything like that. No forwarding address. So Brandon leaves, and we think that's going to be the the end of it. I mean, it would be a really wasted episode if that was all it was for <laughs> for Brandon just to go all the way to San Francisco and then go home. But we don't. Because then he just magically sees her. Well, but first, I really think that, like, in his mind, before they were going to do this whole plot twist of she's on the streetcar with him, this is when he calls Cindy and is just a little brat. And then is like, yeah, mom, I'm on my way home right now. Mm -hmm. Because he calls her and he's like, guess who? And she's like, Brandon. And he's like, yes, mom, it's me. Tell her what she's one done, Pardo. That was – I added the inflection. That's not how Brandon said it, but that is literally exactly what he said. Yeah. And then she was like, well, Brenda said you were going to call. And he's like, yeah, I'm calling. Brandon, stop mouthing off to your mother. It just baffles me how that's how he talks to somebody who is worried about him. And like if Brenda ever has like a hint of sarcasm, she's like grounded for two weeks or like shipped off to Paris or something. They just look Maybe. at her with those really Brenda like <laughs> <Yeah>. eyes. <laughs> Maybe this is what Brandon was going for, though. Maybe he was like, "All right, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna be a little shit bag, and they're gonna be like, we just don't know what to do about him. Send him off to Europe. Because <laughs> yeah. let him go gamble." <laughs> At the end of the call, Cindy's like, "I can't wait to see you." It's like it's been like two days. Yeah, he. She's literally like. She's, like, glowing. Like, I think I wrote down, Cindy isn't even mad, but she's glowing. (laughs) She is, like, seriously obsessed with Brandon. It's so weird. But then, yeah, he gets on the same streetcar with her, and it's – I kind of did love the little, like, they're sitting back to back. Like, they're so close to each other, but they don't know. And I really kind of wish they had, like – gotten off the streetcar and like both gone someplace in the opposite direction and then come back out again like I don't know I just kind of wanted if we're gonna draw this out and make us sit through two montages of Brandon driving to her I want to have to work to find her yeah no I agree I would have wanted the same thing it because like I almost like preemptively was typing she gets off the streetcar and he never sees her but I had to backspace 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 (laughs) because she tries to get off, and then all of a sudden he tries to get off or move or something, and yeah, they run right into each other, and she's like, Brandon! I'm like, ugh. Also, she looks really cute with her brown hair, but I have, like, kind of bad, like, face blindness, so it legitimately took me a minute, and I was like, how does Brandon recognize her? That's fair. That's a good point. Because she does look very different. I mean... Because you even saw the, like, when they were showing the other girl at the gas station, and then they, like, flipped it to make it her, she still had her, like, really cool blonde, like, spiky hair. And, yeah, this brown straight kind of hair looks very different. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't remember at what point they gave the little, like, montage of Emily Valentine faces, but I was like, you say that, like, I don't remember who Emily Valentine was. And then we saw her, and I was like, I guess I don't remember who Emily Valentine was. (laughs) Like, I remember who she was, but, like, when they had her in, yeah, the long brown hair, I was like, I'm sorry, who are you? Yeah. Have we met before? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, then they get to, like, catch up and stuff and, like, walk through, I swear, the same park where they filmed the opening credits for Full House. <laughs> I thought so. I was like, this looks really familiar. And I tried to look behind it and see if I could see the house. <laughs> Everywhere you look. Like, I just wanted it to, like, come in. Oh. All of a sudden, uh, who is it, Danny and Jesse, and, like, they all just come running through the background. And They're comment, actually filming right now. Comment the oh, dog comment. just comes running up. <laughs> Like you oh my hear gosh, this is a song in the background, and then all of a sudden the little red car drives by, and and then the song just fades out again. Yeah, it's like you get the <laughs> bass line. It's like dum, da dum, da dum, dum, dum. <laughs> oh my god, no! This is a crossover that I don't think I realized I needed. Where they just like are walking through the park, and then the entire like Tanner house just comes running by, and they're just like, "Whoa, what?" And I don't know, maybe like. Yeah, Comet runs into one of them and they're like, oh my gosh, you got all dirty. Come to our house so you could clean up. I mean, like, if I could just have Danny, Jesse, and Joey sing Brandon the teddy bear song, I would <laughs> I would die. <laughs> no, like, I feel like we could just, like, write this whole thing right now of, like, yeah, it's some something has to happen to get them into the Tanner house and then DJ falls in love with Brandon but then at some point, Brandon yells at somebody mm-hmm. because he's Brandon. And then, like, Emily has to talk to them. And then, like, you know, yeah, Danny, Joey, and Jesse all come in and, like, do the dad thing. And then they all sing a song together because Emily can also sing. I was about to say, maybe this is, like, in the later episodes of Full House where um, Joey and Jesse are trying to form – or was it Joey and Jesse? I think it was just Jesse maybe trying to form a band and they're like going through the auditions the episode where they find Viper which ends up being DJ's boyfriend but like they audition Emily for the lead singer and like she's perfect so maybe then Emily goes to full house for the full time that would be amazing yeah so if let's see season seven of full house was airing right now oh so that's actually not that far off then yeah no I I am, like, about to pull up the Full House episode from this week and figure out how to make it work. Oh, we can totally make it work. Let's see. If it's season seven, then, yeah, Michelle would have been, like, seven years old, which would make DJ definitely in high school. Mm -hmm. She could have been dating Viper. All right, so... On November 23rd, 1993, so I feel like we're pretty close, mm-hmm. Full House's episode was The Bicycle Thief. Oh, <gasps> I remember that one. It was the one where, like, Michelle's older and she's got – was it Michelle? I think so because she had a sticker on her bike and she thought this other kid stole her bike. So then they all – Danny, Jesse, and Joey go on, like, a hunt to find the bike and they all end up stealing a bike from some other kid. So they show up and they have like three different, three of the same bike and none of them are Michelle's. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happens. And then the appearance <laughs> of the bikes is investigated by crime catchers. Oh, is it uh, Mrs. Carruthers, the like neighborhood watch and lady? And Kimmy. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. I know my full house. Yeah, and then we find out Michelle realizes she actually just left her bike at her friend Derek's. Uh... Wait, who's Derek? I I don't know. Let's find out. It says, this makes Michelle realize that she should remember where she put her stuff from this point on. So should Brandon. Oh, Derek was – 
uh, the little kid that uh, he looks oh, like Macaulay Culkin, he, but isn't. He was in Little Rascals, and he was the rich guy with Darla. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep, I'm familiar now. Yeah, so that could have been right around the time that DJ was with Viper. So it's plausible that Jesse is getting ready to start his ba- his band or whatever. Yeah, oh they my haven't gosh. actually. I'm looking through the like stills. Well, here's Steve, so I don't know. Well, because Steve was always around. Steve was mm-hmm. like, because they dated, and then once they broke up, she dated Viper, but then Steve wanted her back, and she had to decide between Viper and Steve. Um, okay, but anyway, none of that happens, and we no. get to a bunch of stuff where Brandon is mocking Emily about setting fire to things. Because yes. he's the worst. Um, yeah, like, they, rem- they like, fondly reminisce about that time that Emily almost burned down the float in his parents' yard. Like, I'm sorry, that's not a fond memory. No, and I feel like, you know, this does kind of prove the point that this show didn't really, like, maybe in 1993 they just, like, didn't really understand you know, personality disorders, but like, they just don't get it. They're just like, oh yeah, remember that weird, funny time that Emily like kind of had an episode and almost set shit on fire? Ha 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 ha. LOL guys, like, yeah, I didn't like that because it, and then it makes it to where they're reminiscing about this like traumatic event and then start kissing. Oh, I was so mad when he kissed her and she kissed him back. And then, like, the neighbor comes in and is like, the Brandon Walsh. This felt very um, sitcom-y. Like, when the neighbor walks in, like, oh, hey. Like, I expected to hear, like, cheers, like, from a live <laughs> studio audience for when a new character walks in. Um, yeah, like, apparently this is the neighbor. Her name is Rosie. And she's like, oh, my God, the Brandon Walsh? Ugh. No. Also, I love him being like, oh, and I just found a picture of you in the bottom of one of my drawers. Like, no, sir. This was wrapped up in your underwear. You were like, you fondly reminiscing about this photo. Yes. Like, you placed it there and then dug in your little tidy whities to then pick it up and look at it. And like, oh, my Emily, my Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like... If I had a photo of somebody that, like, I had broken up with but, like, still kind of cared about and, you know, hadn't seen in a while, like, I don't think that would go just in the middle of my underwear drawer. No. Like, it would I go in my goes, keepsake box. Yeah. Or, like, in my desk. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the underwear drawer is a very, like, this is where you put all your secrets. Right. Like, it's like your, um, like, I don't want anybody to find this this might be my guilty pleasure or like something drawer. Which, by the way, the idea that Cindy knows that that's in there definitely means that Cindy does Brandon's underwear. Like, she does his laundry and puts it away for him. Yeah, for sure. That makes me think of this episode of, um, you guessed it, Gilmore Girls, of (laughs) where (laughs) it's after, it's like season six when Rory's moved into the pool house and um Emily thinks that Rory's hiding something because she started to like I don't she hasn't started but she's like sleeping with Logan and Emily and Richard are like freaked out about it and so Emily goes in to the pool house to like 
like rummage and see if there's anything she can find. And Richard doesn't like doing this. And she's Emily's talking about how like Lorelai, she used to do this with Lorelai all the time when Lorelai was growing up. And she's like, it was the weirdest thing. Like she had this drawer and it was just full of Tootsie Rolls. Who has a drawer full of Tootsie Rolls? And then Richard goes, perhaps it was what was underneath the Tootsie Rolls. And she's like, oh my gosh, it was underneath the Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> It's like, yeah, your daughter got pregnant at 16. It was, there's definitely something underneath the Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, what if Brandon had like a whole bunch of Tootsie Rolls and like in his drawer and then underneath was the picture of Emily Valentine? Like that would have been funnier than just in her his underwear drawer. No, I just truly love the idea that like Cindy does all of his laundry. She very specifically folds the underwear. Like I don't know a lot of like men that fold their underwear. It was very Marie Kondo. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did Marie Kondo steal from Cindy? Definitely. I could see that. That feels like a Cindy thing that she has just like invented a new way of organization. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> but but yeah, before Cindy says that she knew he keeps a picture of Emily in his drawer, he like calls them again and he's sitting in a chair in Emily's house and she's just like sitting on the arm or sitting on his lap or something. And that felt like mm -hmm. a lot like, yeah. I don't know. I don't like how quickly they just like nommed back onto each other. It also like, like speaking of that, it felt very much like they went backward back to high school. Like this felt very high school to me. Yeah, that's. That's perfect. Like, that's essentially exactly what I'm thinking is, like, they had a really bad relationship, honestly. Like, it did not go well for her. Mm -hmm. And she had to, you know, go to, like, inpatient stuff. She finally gets away from him. Wherever she is, she's, like, getting to live on her own in San Francisco. And then he shows up and she's just, like, back in his lap. And it's just like, I love him. Ugh, yeah. This, this leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Definitely. Same here. Then, like, I just – the whole thing. When he calls her and is like, I'm not actually coming home for Thanksgiving. I'm staying with Emily Valentine. And Cindy's just like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then her biggest concern is that Brandon is going to get hurt and not that, like, this is a horrible idea and her son shouldn't have done this. Right. And I did think it was really interesting, though, like, when Cindy gets off the phone with Brandon and, like, tells Jim and Brenda – like, Jim actually comes to Emily's defense. Like, this whole narrative about Emily is that she's crazy and Brandon says she's crazy so many times. But then Jim's like, she's not a bad kid. She's just a little messed up. Like, that's still not the most sensitive way to say something like that. But it's at least better than just saying she as a person is bad. Instead, it's saying, no, she probably has something that she's going through but it's not who she is. Like, it's not – like, she's not bad because, like, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then Brenda even is like, well, don't you know that people can change? Like, it's not – again, not wrapping up this entire thing into her identity, but instead saying this is something she was going through. And since she's like, Ugh, well, he's not coming for Thanksgiving, so I'm going to be the mom that's, like, passive-aggressive for the rest of the time. Oh, my gosh. No, this whole episode, we'll talk about it more when we get to the Thanksgiving part of it. But I had so many feelings about the idea of everyone just, like, making Thanksgiving plans. I was like, this makes me so – like, if I just, like, decided the day before Thanksgiving that I wasn't going to go to my parents' house for Thanksgiving, they would be so upset with me. 
Oh my god. It would be like World War Three. Like it just it would be so bad that it's not even an option. <laughs> like I'm not just even allowed to say mother, I'm not coming for Thanksgiving. Like it's not in my vernacular. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was kind of my like the nerve of Brandon. Mm-hmm. I mean, the nerve of so many people in this episode, but we're talking about Brandon right now. Because I oh, yeah. the, the next thing I wrote, I was like, Brandon really is missing his mom's like Super Bowl. Yes, 100%. This is her moment to shine, and he's just Ugh. not there. God. This is what she lives for every year. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I think – correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the last thing that happens is we see actual Thanksgiving, and somehow the turkey is black. Mm-hmm. Like, just completely blackened all the way through, and they're making – more jokes about it, like, well, maybe it was a recipe for blackened turkey. And then Brandon's like, man, I'm really glad you set the, tu- the turkey on fire and not the house or whatever he says. Oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't have to call the fire department this time or something. Yeah, I don't know. I just wrote Brandon makes another joke about her setting fires. That's not funny. And then they decide to go get pizza. Yep. And for some reason, Emily Valentine is just like, well, I can't tell him where I'm going, but I love him. It was such a weird ending to the episode because, like, I knew we were going to end on a cliffy because, like, we got to the end of the episode and it felt like we hadn't got to the end of the episode. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel like this there was any sort of resolution to this episode at all. But, like, it was just so weird because we're supposed to be invested in this secret, right? Or this truth about Emily that only Emily and Rosie know but like has not really been alluded to what it is or why it matters that Emily isn't telling Brandon and I don't know it just it just felt like a weird episode all in all like we don't really care all we really care is that we see Emily Valentine again I guarantee you that's the only thing that people at this episode cared about. We don't really care about her secret. We know this is a temporary thing. We know she's not coming back for real, for real. So I'm not really that invested in whatever her truth is or whatever. No, I think there's there's got to be something that we just like don't know about with this episode because I don't know what happens in the next episode. And I feel like if I had watched this more than 20 minutes before we were set to record, I would have been like, guys, we should just do like a two-parter episode and watch both together. Yeah. But, like, both this one and the next one are written by uh, Steve Wasserman and Jessica Klein. They're, the next one's called Emily. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's something where, I don't know, maybe they wanted to write an episode of just Brandon going to see Emily, but they couldn't just have an episode about Brandon because of contracts and, you know, timing of schedules and whatnot. Or, like, I just feel like there's something I don't know about. Also, him just, like, yelling at them, being like, ladies, let's go get the pizza. Like, you can't just leave that food out, Brandon. (laughs) You have to put it away. He doesn't know this because Cindy does all of this for him, including his laundry, the cooking, the cleaning, all this. He doesn't know manners. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What if they were like, Brandon, we have to clean up? And he was just like, where's your mom? (laughs) Oh, Oh, right. (laughs) Grease. (laughs) That is a good point. I forgot. There was – a part of the scene where, like, he first runs into Emily, I think when they first get to her apartment, 
And he's like, oh my gosh, you live by yourself. And she's like, yeah, do you still live with Jim and Cindy? He's like, yeah, and Brenda. It's like, you're 18. You're in your first semester of college. That's normal. Yeah. Like it's some big shock that like Emily would be on her own. Well, and like that it's embarrassing that he still lives in his house free mm-hmm. of rent. Like I don't I don't understand. And then they just like made it a weird scene of like, oh, I bet you still live with Jim and Cindy. Like, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> I only just got out of high school. <laughs> I was only just like flipping burgers at um the peach pit for like two years and spent it all gambling. So <laughs> which also I love that he makes the comment of like, it'll be two years since Christmas that I've seen you last of like, not that I'm keeping track or anything. Right. Not that I've like knocked down like a little tally of on the back of that photo. We didn't see the back of that photo. We hadn't seen that tally. <laughs> he has notches carved into his drawer. <laughs> no, I feel like it's definitely like, I wish I could make some sort of um, the notebook joke of like, I thought about you every day for two years. Mm-hmm. It's not over. It still isn't over. <laughs> it wasn't over. It still isn't over. And it was raining and oh, oh my God. It, it's raining and there's no top on his car. So they're just like in the rain. Yes. It's not romantic. It's just accidental. God, oh, I knew taking off that top to go camping was a bad idea. He just like left the top at the campground. <laughs> well, I can't figure out how to put it back on. So. I don't call this a convertible for nothing, so all right, it'll be fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything always works out for me. I'm Brandon Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> he just like gives it to Curtis and his family. He's like, thank you for your burger. Here's the roof of a convertible. <laughs> I didn't have anything else to give you. I didn't have time to go shopping. I didn't have a housewarming gift, so here you go. <laughs> <laughs> My mother always told me to bring a gift. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. But yeah, so that's really all we know. The last that's what the episode ends on is just like them kissing in the background and Rosie looking on like, "Oh, so apparently this is some big secret and we'll find out next episode." But that wraps up Brandon. Mhm. I really hope next episode is like very Emily and Brandon heavy and like we do get some good like sitcommy moments with Rosie. I just want that mm-hmm. to keep going. Yeah. And like everybody else can like do stuff whatever, but like I if you're going to do this and you're going to send Brandon to go find Emily, it has to be really Emily specific. Totally. I mean, the good news is that the next episode, like you said a second ago, is at least called Emily. So hopefully that legit means that it will be mostly about Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So do you guys want to talk about all this stuff with the keg and alpha house thing and then talk about like how everyone else is going to spend Thanksgiving because I don't really want to end on John Sears being a pedophile. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. Because at, so- at some point at the beginning of the episode, we see, like Mary said, a brand new keg house president, <laughs> which I love. Like, seriously, every single week we see a different person in charge of keg house. And we don't know if there was, like, elections or if this is, like, the former president had to step down for some reason. Like, how does this work in the Panhellenic Council or whatever? Like, is it just – was there a vacancy? Was there somebody pushed out? Like, what – how? 
Like, I don't think you can graduate early in November. (laughs) It's like the end of the first semester. So I don't understand why there would be a new president. Right. But it's okay because Leslie's there. Leslie is always there. She is a constant. Thank God. She's the only one keeping this keg alpha relationship going. And so, yeah, it's the keg and alpha houses are organizing their annual Thanksgiving um, like event or whatever, where they go and um, go to the Downey house, which is a house like um, Mary said was a place to have, to have, or to host, or to, I guess, house women of various co- uh, uh, bad stuff. It, it wasn't very clear. They just basically said most of the women who are there are runaways. Yeah, well, because they don't even talk about the other people. Like, they introduce, I think her name was Denise, mm-hmm. and then two other girls. But then you don't see them ever again, and I didn't see them credited on IMDb or in the wiki. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess they don't matter. Dang. Harsh. Oh, well. But, yeah, the only one we know about is, yeah, Denise, who is 15 and lives here instead of living with her parents because she had a bad home life. Right, right. And before that, building up to like when they actually get to the Downey house, the gross cat guy who I still don't know his name, but he's not John and not Steve, makes some comment about like how John last year was getting with one of the girls in the Downey house who was apparently quote unquote old enough and Steve now is clearly, like, fed up with all of this. Which, like, Steve needs to just leave the fraternity at this point. Yes. Like, yep. I'm still I'm still mad at him from everything that happened last week and having that, like, you know, glass-shattering moment. But the longer he stays in the keg house, like, they keep giving him these moments to, you know, be the good guy. But everyone in this house is disgusting. Yeah, old enough is disgusting. And... It's that very complicated thing of, like, does Steve stay and try to change things from the inside? Is it past that point of kind of no return? So then what do you do? Like, it's one of those things where the system is almost too large for one person to, like, change it, right? But it's like, what do you do? It's like, how how do you change a whole system? Um, so I guess clearly at this point, the writers are just trying to say, hey, Steve is not like them. Which, you know, fine, whatever. And I do, like, I think you can't change Keg House from the inside. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, to go all the way back to the beginning of school, you need to shut them down. Right. Like, they're disgusting, and also they're kind of rapey. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah. the fact that, like, John was calling dibs on a a girl because she's not a woman at this point. She is a girl who is clearly in a vulnerable spot because she is at this place called the Downey House because her home life is bad. And John Sears is calling dibs on her. No, he's a disgusting predator. And like, I swear to God, I even wrote it in my notes. Like, I'm pretty sure... He called dibs on her because, like, she comes down the stairs and, you know, she's just wearing pants and a flannel shirt, but the flannel shirt is, like, tied up so you can see her stomach. Mm -hmm. And apparently 
the way that she's dressed is just an invitation to John Sears. Right. I mean, even the other gross keg guy was like, by all means. Like, I don't know. No, and I mean, like, literally, he's preying on her. She's in a vulnerable position, like you said, and he's just like, oh, he's just like clinging on her. But also, I don't think either of you have watched my so-called life, but Denise is Ray Graff, and I had a moment. Okay. She looked familiar to me, but, like, not enough to place. Oh, no. I saw her, and I was like, that's Rayanne. But then my brain was like, no, so-called life and 90210 could not have happened at the exact same time. Yeah. And they absolutely 100% did. And I was just like, oh, God. Mm. Like, I don't know. I can't – I have trouble in my brain, like, putting shows and historical events and stuff at the same time as each other. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned, these are two different things and they shall never meet. Right. Yeah. It's it's so interesting that, like, you said it like that because – I'm still viewing John Sears as, like, young Dan Scott from One Tree Hill because he has done nothing up to this point to make me believe he's not Dan Scott. So I'm like, these are the early signs. Like, this is – like, because technically Dan Scott went to UNC, like, in One Tree Hill. He he went to University of North Carolina. So he cannot be John Sears, but he is. Like, they are one and the same, and it's gross. No, I – but that's the thing, right? Like, I have to see that connection. Yeah, like you as will. Far well, as if, we, if we get there, you'll see it. Like, it, it's so evident. Oh, it's on my list. I'm, like, very slowly moving through all of these shows that I should have watched in high school, but instead I was just watching Buffy. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was my One Tree Hill. Like, that's what I was doing. I was watching One Tree Hill, and I was watching Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I mean, the next thing that happens, like, we get a whole bunch of other scenes, but then when we come back to the Downey house, I kind of, like, wrote some quick things, like, Kelly spills soda, Steve serves dark meat, there's a raffle, and then we're back to John flirting with Denise, including sneaking her out of the place that's supposed to be her safe space. I know, when she's like, I'm not really hungry, and he's like, oh, well, you want to get out of here. I'm like, don't take her to, like, to another location. Yeah. And then... I had, like, I have problems with, like, everything that happens of Kelly being like, Steve, you have to go save her because I feel like this is what they're doing to be like, Steve's a good guy. He literally says, I'm a regular knight in shining armor later of, like, Mm -hmm. Steve always saves girls from other boys. Yeah, but can't be saved from him. Yeah, but, like, that's the thing is they just keep doing this of, like, make Steve go do the thing. And it's weird that he, like, went to – the keg house president and is just like hey i don't know if you noticed but john is trying to sleep with a 15 year old we should do something about that and then the president is like oh we'll give him this excuse to leave like no just confront him and say stop being rapey or i don't know go to one of the people who work at the downey house and tell them what's happening (laughs) Like, the only reason I can be kind of okay with not doing that is they don't want to ruin their relationship with the Downey house to be like, well, we still want to give, you know, Thanksgiving dinners to these girls and, like, have a whole event, but John Sears can never be here. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, yeah, I just – I hate that they had to make excuses to be like, John, you have to go all the way back to the keg house to get a plaque, and then sending Steve, who John clearly does not respect. No, not at all. Not at all. 
No, it was a whole thing. And then like he comes back afterwards and they're like, oh, it was so weird. The plaque just like was in my car. Like yeah. they never address the fact of like, oh, it's so weird. You didn't get to molest a child. Oops. Like this is what why he's not going to learn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They don't address the problem. They just like deflect. No, he's just going to keep getting away with this. And even like after all of this happens, there's a scene in the keg house where Steve is shooting pool with, I think, the same gross random brother or even like a new one. Who knows? I don't care. Mm-hmm. But John comes in and just like takes the pool cue away from him and is like, no, this is my game now. Hey, by the way, what the hell was that stunt? And then there's like, yep, we pulled a stunt to get you away from a teenager. Bye. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, not this enough. Is, and this is where like John tries to assert his dominance by trying to get Steve to call him sir, which is disgusting. And so Steve's like, whatever, like fine. Like I'll call you sir, but I'm gonna be a real like sassy pants about it. And then John tries to call Steve a bastard, and Steve's like, Yeah, sir. This is true. What's your point, sir? <laughs> like, which, like, I guess if we hadn't had this whole conversation about Steve, I would be like, oh my God, Steve's amazing. I love it so much. He's the savior and he's being a, you know, pain in the ass in the best way. But now I'm just like, Steve, just call the police on John Sears. Right, right. Just like actually do something, not, don't just try to have like a pissing contest. Yeah. Like, I, I really hope by the time we get to spring semester that Steve is not in keg house anymore. Same. I'm just tired of it. And I I think that's everything about the – keg house, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So now it's just like actual Thanksgiving with everyone because that's even – that happens before Thanksgiving because Donna says that she's going to Houston to see her parents and she changed her flight to fly out Thanksgiving Day. Correct. And – um, and that's when we learned David is supposed to have Thanksgiving with Mel and um, Nina. Yeah, Nina. And Nina is supposed to be cooking like a Thanksgiving meal. And David's like, ugh. And yeah. <laughs> and Kelly doesn't want to just have Thanksgiving with Aaron and Jackie. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, Kelly has a history of her mom's cooking and knows it's going to be bad. And so she's like, I don't really want to have to eat this food with, you know, that being my Thanksgiving. Yeah. I feel like David legitimately does not want to be with these people because it's not fair to be like, oh, she's cooking her first meal. Like, okay, I had to cook my first meal this year. Yeah. And I thought it was delicious. (laughs) But, like, I totally understand why he doesn't want to hang out with Melanina and when he's like, I'd rather just go to McDonald's and be done with it. Yeah. Sometimes, like, not, like, because I always enjoy Thanksgiving with my family, but, like, I totally understand David being like, yeah, I just kind of want to get McDonald's and, like, not worry about any of this stupid drama because that would be a lot easier. So I totally understand. And then Donna, like, actually suggests to Kelly that he, that she invite Dylan, um, which she does. And he's like, nah, I'm just going to do what I always do, which is go to Baja. And 
I, the only thing that was like just a little bit cute about the delivery was like, oh, I don't really like doing the whole tur- turkey thing. It makes me sleepy. <laughs> I know. I, I love was like, him okay, being like, that's a little adorable. <laughs> I loved him being like, yeah, I don't like tryptophan. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the whole point though. You like eat a nice like meal full of carbs and comfort food and then you just watch football and go to sleep. Come on, Dylan. And then Oh, but then he does say like if I was going to do all of those things, I would do them with you. Which like you think is cute until the rest of the episode happens, then you're like motherfucker. Mhm. Yeah, which we can go ahead and finish out that because like the only other thing is the Dan and Andrea story. But it's like mm-hmm. then later on, uh, like Mary mentioned in her synopsis, Dylan goes to the Walsh house to get his check from Jim, which gives him an opportunity to see Brenda. And Brenda gets to say, hey, um, I got the lead in the campus play. And guess who's the director? Like, blah, 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 whatever. But then Brenda actually invites Dylan to Thanksgiving because she, like, ends up calling him out for, like, Cause he's like, oh, I'm gonna go to Baja, and she's like, okay, yeah, right. You always say you're gonna go to Baja, but then you actually end up coming to our house for Thanksgiving. And he like immediately was like, yeah, Bren, you're right. I'll just come here. I think my favorite part in this scene is when Cindy comes in and she is just like ready to accept all of the like random people that are gonna come over. Like mm-hmm. she already knows. She, <laughs> which is amazing because she's supposed to be planning a Thanksgiving for a family of four and then ends up serving like 12 every single year. And she's just somehow able to do it. I think even later on, like Kelly is like, or Brenda's talking to Kelly and she's like, yeah, Cindy thrives on feeding mouths. Like the more mouths she has to feed, the better she is. (laughs) Oh yeah. The more mouths she has to feed, the happier she gets. I wrote that down. Yeah. Because I almost made that my quote of the week, but I ended up not. I shall reveal um, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I really hope that Brenda talking about getting cast in a play actually like means something later because they have a like for a character we have never heard about and know nothing about. They talk about Pablo a lot. Yeah, they do. It's weird. Yeah, and then like yeah, Cindy comes in and is just like, oh, the more the merrier, especially since Brandon's not coming. Yeah, here's passive aggressive like- mom, Cindy. Seriously, like she thri- – this is seriously the height of her year. She has been training for this since last year. It's like, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, she's like, all right, just 364 days until the next Thanksgiving. <laughs> what can I do to improve? Yeah, she gets in her, like, little practices at Christmas and maybe at Easter, mm-hmm. but Thanksgiving, that's the big day. Yep. Do you guys – I don't think – you do, Caitlin, but do you guys watch Bob's Burgers? I have. I, I love the Thanksgiving episodes because that's like their big episode every year. And every year Bob like talks to the turkey and makes the turkey like talk back to him. And I truly imagine that this is what Cindy does is she is just like talking to this turkey of like, we're going to have a really good Thanksgiving this year. And Da, 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 da. I'm, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try spatchcocking this year and the turkey's just like spatchcocking Cindy oh my gosh <laughs> yeah like instead of having like a pep talk in the mirror she just has a pep talk with the turkey oh absolutely that's I definitely awesome. think that's what she does 
And then, yeah, like somehow throughout the episode, at some point, Cindy and Jackie are on the phone together and she finds out that Jackie is cooking a meal and Cindy's just like, no, don't do that. Come to my house instead. Yeah. Yeah. It's better off if you don't do that. Why don't you just come here? Which is great. And then Brenda and Kelly are talking and Kelly like ends up wanting to invite David, which is great because like I was a little worried that on the flight to Vegas, that whole thing was just going to be a temporary fix of like David and Kelly being cool with each other and stuff. And so it's good that like Kelly's like, oh, no, 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 we should invite David. He's definitely going to say yes and like needs a better place to go. And like this is about the time where I started realizing how many Thanksgivings could potentially be falling apart at this point because it's the day before Thanksgiving and David is just going to call his dad and be like, I'm not coming over. I'm going to the Walsh's instead with Kelly and Jackie. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't say that part. Um, And then when Brenda calls Kelly to tell her, I didn't totally realize, like I had to think about it and make it work in my head that Cindy had already invited Jackie. And I assumed that Cindy got off the phone with Jackie, went to Brenda and was like, call Kelly and invite them over for Thanksgiving. And then Kelly was just like, yeah, sure. We'll come over without talking to her mother. Mm -hmm. It was just like, ouch, that's just kind of rude, Cindy. I mean, but let's be real. The kids like always end up inviting people without telling Cindy all the time. So I think Mm -hmm. that's probably why I looked over it. (laughs) Oh, I know. Like, Afterwards, it was like, no, it's fine. Everyone's going to be happy. Whatever. But Mm -hmm. then when they get to the Walsh's house for Thanksgiving, I realized because they, you know, put it right in front of you that this is probably the first time that David and Jackie have been in a room together since Jackie told him she was going to file for custody. Yeah. Like since all the the deposition stuff happened and all of that drama, which it was definitely awkward, like at first. But they are, like, civil. Um, and But, like, it's civil because I know they know they don't – they don't know how they want to act in front of each other. But it ends up being pretty genuine. Like, I, I think J- Jackie genuinely is happy to see David and, like, a little bit vice versa. Um, and then it gets, like, way – more awkward because Dylan shows up and Kelly's face, like, I don't know if y'all saw it, but, like, her face was like, um, what are you doing here, sir? But yeah, because, like, I thought about that, too, that it wouldn't – I don't know that anybody really gave Kelly the heads up that Dylan was coming, too, but why would they? Because they didn't know that he already turned down her invitation and that, like, the things are being weird with them right now and – you know, even they kind of like at the dinner, everybody turns to Brenda and she's like, don't look at me. I did not do this. Yeah. I mean, the only person who probably would have known that Dylan said no to Kelly was Donna and Donna's not there. Yeah. So So like, yeah, I don't think anybody realized that this was going to be as horrible as it was. And to go back to David and Jackie for a minute, I'm just like, I'm so glad they were at least civil to each other because I really think the whole problem in their relationship is Mel. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's really all I had that like David and Jackie actually had a pretty decent relationship until things got really messed up with Mel just like not taking responsibility for his child and then putting David in the middle of it and just yelling at him. Totally. Yeah, so it is kind of nice to see them get like back together, like back in the same area because like Jackie treated David like he was her own son. Um, 
and they did, like you said, they had a really good relationship beforehand. So it is nice to see them kind of put that stuff, you know, aside and come together on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, plus like with everything going on with Dylan and Kelly, they just don't have time to like have any drama with them. I really loved the scene where they're all at dinner and Dylan is just like, can I have some potatoes? And he's like, potatoes, Kelly? And she's just like, get that out of my face. And then Brenda's like, I'll take some potatoes. <laughs> no. I was like, Brenda, no. Not the Stay right time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And yeah, like Kelly is just like really short with him. Justifiably so. Like she has a right to be mad. Yeah. And I love him being like, Kelly, can I talk to you in the other room? Like, will you excuse us, please? And they just go in the other room and start yelling really loudly. And everyone's at the table just like, so cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super awkward. And, of course, they made it this whole, like, triangle thing, which this time, like you said, is justifiable because, like, Dylan straight up was like, no, I'm not doing any Thanksgiving. I'm going to Baja. And so she's like, oh, cool. And then, like, magically he shows up at the Walsh's. So she has every right to be mad. And I think that's fine. But at least, like, to Dylan's credit, not credit, but just, like, he made a good point where he's like, you told me you didn't want to date me anymore. Like, you started dating John Sears. Like, why are you mad in this way? Like, it almost seemed like Kelly was mad because of Brenda, not because of Dylan. Yeah, I definitely get the feeling this is like a uh, triangle will they, won't like just like for the sake of drama yelling. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're mad about Thanksgiving, it's fine. I feel like the holidays – probably do end up in yelling a lot on TV shows. So, yep. I mean, whatever. I get it. I mean, she got, like, completely blindsided. Oh, totally. Well, and then she ends up saying, like, I wish you just would have told me about it first. I really think if he had just told her, that would have been fine. Yeah, like, if she legitimately would have been, or if he legitimately would have called her and been like, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. I know I told you no for Thanksgiving, but then Brenda and Cindy asked me if I wanted to come, and after thinking about it, I realized I do want to have, like, a home-cooked Thanksgiving meal or whatever, so I'm going to go there. And, like, I mean, this is still a little bit mean and probably shouldn't say it, but, like, she even acknowledges that Jackie's not a really good cook, so he probably could have been, like... They tempted me with Cindy's lasagna. Right. Like, you know how good her cooking is. Like, he could have made it more lighthearted or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but that that then ends the Thanksgiving at the Walsh's. And I don't even really care about the Dan and Andrea stuff. All I want to say about it is basically one sentence. And that is, Andrea doesn't want to go to Dan's parents' Thanksgiving because she doesn't really like him anymore. And he's kind of put her up on this pedestal. They then go to the party. And, oh... Yay, we see Jesse, the bartender, who was at the Walsh party, and obviously something's going to happen there, and that's it. I I actually have a few things to say about Dan and Andrea, just because, like, it was, a lot of it was just really stupid, mm-hmm. and so I ended up writing down a lot of things. Like, even at the beginning when they're playing chess, and Dan is giving her shit about taking too long to make moves, I was like, all right, well, I actually do relate to this, because it takes John 45 minutes to make a move in a board game. That's funny. 
But then he says, take a risk and come to Thanksgiving. And I was like, what is wrong with your Thanksgiving? Well, yes, 100%. But also, like, he started criticizing her for everything. He was like, you take too long to make a move. You don't take risks. You overthink everything. You're neurotic. I'm like, do you even like her? Oh, he's genuinely the worst. Like, we all know that this is not, like, none of us like nagging. We do not like when people are just, like, negative to a person and be like, well, I just make fun of you. That's just who I am. Right. Like, I just don't like that. And then, like, either. she goes over to the beach apartment and makes cookies with everyone. And I really love when she's like, I just don't really want to sleep in this bed with Dan anymore. And then there's just, like, silence for a minute. And then Donna goes, oh, my God, did you sleep with Dan? End of scene. <laughs> I was like, Donna, coming in. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's like, jump ahead, ahead, ahead. And we get to Thanksgiving at Dan's. And it's a huge event. Which, like, I guess I was not expecting. I was literally thinking it would be, like, six people sitting at a table maybe. Same here. Yeah, I totally thought it was just, like, a standard family dinner. But, no, it was, like, a hoity-toity, like, fancy party. Which – and then I really hated when they're, like, talking and, you know, they're so excited that Andrea is pre-med. And then his mom goes, I was pre-med too. And then I married a doctor instead of becoming one. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. I was like, I don't like that for you. I don't either. Like, did he force you to stop going to med school so you could be home or – So you could be a doctor's what? wife? Yeah. Like – Oh, and I'm, then – I'm immediately disinterested in this couple. Yeah. I don't remember his last name. So, I, like, this isn't totally going to work. But I guess at some point Kelly was like, oh, well, you have to go meet Mr. and Mrs. Whatever. And then Andrea says Dr. and Mrs. Whatever very specifically. Like – now I understand. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be doctor and missus and not doctors. Right, right. That's true. And then, yeah, the last thing that I want to say about that. Also, she looked really good. I feel like they, like, finally didn't give her too old of an outfit. She, yeah. like, kind of didn't look like she was in her 30s. Well, and earlier when she was at the beach apartment, she was wearing cute overalls that you couldn't really see because I think she was also wearing a jacket. But, like, that – you know, aged her down a little bit too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is yeah. like the fourth episode in a row that Andrea has been wearing overalls. And I think we're, I'm, no, she's definitely pregnant at this point. She, she mm-hmm. is definitely pregnant. They're also like only filming her from like the boobs up in 90% of her shots. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. No, she is absolutely pregnant. But I love, I really love that Jesse very specifically says, you have two of the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. Not, you have the most beautiful eye. You have two of them. Like, I really wish he had just been like, one of your eyes is the most beautiful eye I've ever seen. The other one, I could, you know, take it or leave it. Actually, can you just like close your left eye for a little bit? Yeah. Your eyes are two of my top five eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Top five. Yeah, it's the whole thing of like, I'd love to see your two beautiful eyes again. Like, I really wish he was just, like, I just want to see, like, half your face, actually. Like, just, just close the left one. Like, it's it doesn't open as wide as the other one. It's not as blue. So, like, can you just, like, close it? Put your bangs in your face. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I really, like- I really like those those haircuts that just cover half your face. Yeah. It's like when people say two twins. It's like, that's, obviously, that's, it, that, that's how twins work. That's, that's what they are. 
But then, yeah, like, <laughs> she, he tells her that he wants to see her again. So she not only tells him where she goes to school, she tells him where he, where she sleeps. Yeah, like, she's so... I don't know, hard eyes, I guess, for Jesse, that she's like in a daze where she's like, California University, blah, blah, building, room 417. I'm like, girl, he said two beautiful eyes. That's it. <laughs> I know. You could just be like, I go to California University. Done. Get a number. Move on. But no, they get real weird with it. And I I actually kind of look for – I want to see the scene where Andrea breaks up with Dan because I don't think he'll take it well. Oh, no. He definitely won't. He's got too big of an ego to take it well. Yeah. And that's – yeah, I guess Thanksgiving for everybody, like, turned out okay. Yeah, not bad. I mean, overall. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like – I, I think not bad is a good way to put it. Like, yeah, it was fine. It's good Thanksgiving, I guess. I don't even think I really graded the episode because, like, I don't know what to give it. So that's a good point. I was thinking next week, if it actually does end up being this two-parter that we kind of think it is, we'll just, like, grade Emily. And we can just skip Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't care about Thanksgiving. That's fine. I like that. But what did you guys guess for my quote of the week? Okay. So we didn't actually touch on it when it happened in the story, but when we're all sitting at Thanksgiving at the Walsh's house and like they're just like, you know, making talk at the table and Cindy goes, well, it certainly is colder than it was last year. And Dylan says something like, yeah, it's cold. All right. Or something like that. And looks at Kelly. That's a good guess. Good guess. Mary, what you got? So I didn't write any down um, and not to be a downer, but literally everything that John Sears said to Denise was like textbook things that actual predators use to make their victims feel special. And yeah, if you hear that language, fucking run. That's all I want to say. <laughs> That's fair. That's a good shout out because like, yeah, like that was horrible and uncomfortable to watch. I know. And like. Ugh. I don't know. I kind of wish sometimes these episodes would just have like end cards of being like, this is a bad thing. Like, especially right. last episode, I feel like they should have been like, this episode was all about rape. If you or someone you know feels unsafe, they can call this number. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know when PSAs really started. And I thought we had one. Or we did. Two. Yeah. I think we but had one on gun violence. Yeah, and I thought we had one on the um, the rap line episode. Oh, maybe. I'd have to go back. I don't and remember. I don't remember. I do know, like, I mean, I've seen them before. I don't know if it was for this show in, like, these years, but, like, yeah. Oh, we were I do wrong. know they become a thing. Oh, it was drugs. Were... Oh, my God. It was drugs yeah. and not. Uh, 1991, okay. Jason Priestley, anti-drugs from Euphoria. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Which I, I do feel like maybe says a lot about what the 90s thought about. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shifting back to quote of the week. You would have been right the first time. Oh, dang because it. Because mine was, are you kidding? The more mouse Cindy has to feed, the happier she gets. 
I just really loved her being like, like making this like possibly innocuous statement about the weather, but very clearly talking about this dinner table. She's like, oh, yeah. Certainly is colder. That's true. No, it was a good one. It was good. It was good. I love Cindy. So, yeah, I guess like we've said it a hundred times at least by now, but next week we'll cover yeah. season four, episode 13, Emily. And mm-hmm. we'll, you know, grade the whole Emily storyline together and we'll see how that goes. For sure, for sure. And uh, in the meantime, make sure to check us out and follow, and ooh, goodness, check us out and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back to Podcast. And don't forget to send us emails. You can send us, you know, your thoughts, your opinions, anything we've gotten horribly wrong at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B A C K T O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, head on over to your podcast app, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to us, and give us a review. It really helps us um, get seen a lot more. You can give us a review. We'll shout you out. Make sure to give us a five-star rating if that's what you desire. If not, give us a different one. Just be honest regardless of what you do. Or just give us a shout-out on any other platform because we love those. We want to share what you have to say and include you in these episodes because – If not for you guys, all dozens of you, we would not do this thing. (laughs) Yeah, we love you. So from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm... Fuck, what was the neighbor's name? Rosie. (laughs) Rosie. I'm Rosie. No, don't take her. (laughs) I'm Curtis. I'm Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. See ya.